This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Sweaters Forever podcast on 105.3 The Fan. is brought to you by Choctaw Casino. And Resort, welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. I'm Jonathan Chippy Shipman from the KNC Masterpiece, and joining me as always is my co-host, the hockey hot Gavin Spittle. You can follow him on Twitter at GJ Spittle. Uh, Gavin, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Shippy, the requests are in. They want more sweaters forever. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. I'm like, we need to quit our day jobs. Yeah, right. I think that would be a problem. Yeah, for both of us, we got a lot on our plates. <laughs> but uh, no, the people want more, and I think you know, as things kind of turn up a little bit down the stretch, and maybe as there's more games, you know, there's more to talk yeah. about. You know, it's fun. I think it's it is fun. You know, and I have a blast every time we do this. So yeah, we um, try to we try to give a perspective that maybe didn't, things aren't being talked about and. Sometimes we can do it quicker, but a lot of times, you know, we like to dive in and give you a lot of information, and you know that of course takes time. But yeah. the fact that you guys are asking for it, yeah, man, that's special. Thank you so much for you know because it hasn't been like one or two tweets. You know, it's been a bunch. Yeah, it's been a of lot people, of people asking for more hockey, and that's always great here in DFW. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, if you if you got a friend who's gotten a complaint for DFW and how they don't talk hockey, yeah, you're listening to us right now. Tell them about the Sweaters Forever podcast. We talk plenty of it. An hour of talking typically flies by when uh, me and the Hockey Hot get in this studio and talk Dallas Stars and talk NHL. So Yeah, so great, great story that happened actually uh, on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happened yesterday. So uh, a guy by the name of Craig on Twitter, mm-hmm. which now is my buddy, but oh, yeah. yesterday um, he was talking with Corey from the KNC Masterpiece on Twitter, and he was talking, he mentioned the stars, and so Corey said, hey, have you checked out the Sweaters Forever podcast? And Craig, uh, who goes by the name of Brewboy23, if you want to give him a follow on Twitter, uh, he said, I've never listened to a podcast ever, you know, before. Mm-hmm. So it came across my timeline... And because Corey uh, tagged me and tagged you, yeah. so I put the link up and just said, just click on the link and press play. And um, he did, and we followed each other, direct message. Turns out it was his wedding anniversary last night, oh, what? and him and his wife were going to the game. No way. So in between periods, he swung by and had a chance to, uh, to talk with him. It was great that because it's really awesome. Yeah, during the intermission, I mean for those of you that don't know, I mean I love sitting in seats cuz I love hearing the the crowd and the reaction and um I can see the line changes better than if I was up in the press box. Mm-hmm. So during the intermission it's kind of interesting. So him and his his lovely wife were staring at me. And I'm like, "Oh, well, that must be him." Mm-hmm. So I'm always like weird feel weird walking up to somebody. Yeah. So I had a hat on. I'm a winter classic hat on. Um, You're like, do you, do you know who I am? I'm the hockey hockey. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, like, it's so like embarrassing <laughs> yeah. to even say that. Yeah. So I walked up to Craig and his wife and I said, hi. I said, are you looking for someone? Is there something I can help you with? And it's like, oh, no, we're, you know, yeah, we are looking for somebody. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, well, I just wanted to check because you were looking <laughs> in my direction. And yeah. then I walked like I put my head down and walked back, you know, that awkward yeah. walk. And then I saw him typing, and he went 
you know, and I checked my Twitter and he just fired off a <laughs> message. So I walked back up to him and his wife. We embraced and it was great. I was part of their anniversary. So thank you. I'm humbled. It was yeah. amazing. And he's now a big listener of Sweaters Forever. I told him we were taping today, so I wanted to give a big shout out. You know, it's funny. I actually ran into a Sweaters Forever listener yesterday as well nice. on his birthday. Nice. Uh, his name's Seth at Seth USGG. Um, I, t- I was tweeting about something. And he responded and he was like, it's my birthday. And I gave him a shout out. I said, oh, happy birthday. This, that. He's like, you know, I'll see you at the game later. And he's like, buy me a beer. I was like, all right, I'll get you a beer. So I'm sitting in my seats, and all of a sudden I get a direct message. Hey, man, I'm in this section. Like, you know, let's meet, let's link up. So in the second intermission, I told him, I said, hey, I'm in this section, you know, but I was with a bunch of friends. I was like, if you want to come up here, I would be happy to walk with you, talk with you, and uh, go to the bar real quick, catch up with you and your buddy, um, talk hockey, let you know about the radio business, whatever you want, just get to know you. And so sure enough, he comes up there, he introduces himself, real nice guy. Uh, he had a friend with him. We go over to one of the drink stands, and we're just hanging out, just waiting in line. There was another Tolo in Sweaters Forever podcast listener right behind us, wow. who like was over, like he overheard our conversation, and he goes, "Hey man, I'm so sorry to like you know like bust in here and like you know just like interrupt your conversation, but I have questions." And so it ended up me and like. Four Tolos just like hanging out, talking, just because it was a long line to yeah. get. You know, it was in the intermission, so everybody's in line. Yeah. And uh, no, it was just really cool. The coffee and dessert line, right? Not yeah. The alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of yeah. Course. And the drink, like a Sprite. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, of course. Um, yeah, it was really cool to meet Seth and, uh, you know, all the Tolos that were Man. that were around me. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's work in the arena. The Sweaters Forever yeah. podcast. So... Uh, you know who else is working the arenas? Dallas Stars. And yeah. They worked the uh, Arizona Coyotes last night. It was actually a really, really good game. I really enjoyed that game. It was really, really good. It was, it, it was, you know, super defensive. It was very, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of said before the game, I thought it was going to be a two to one, three to two type game. I didn't know which way. I thought once I saw, um, you know, they had to make the switch in net. That the Coyotes, I was like, that gives the Stars an edge. But he played really well. Hill, yeah, he played Hill. really Is it a, a, well. Amid, was that what it was? His first name? Yeah, I'm not, or something uh, like that. Yeah, but um, he's been up and down. He played really, he played really, really well last night. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah, you know? I thought I thought the style matchup was fascinating. It was very similar to uh, two ace pitchers going at it, uh-huh. where it's a two to one ball game. But you're like, man, this baseball game for the fanatics is awesome. First team to blink, you yeah, know, like, exactly. That's first, who's... and that's what it was. First team to make a mistake or right. an error, you know. And you look at the game and break it down. The stars scored early based on a power play. Yep, you know, with a mistake played, the Jamie Ben. Um, major and game misconduct led to an Arizona goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you look at it and it was basically two teams really playing and trying to clog up the zones. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a fascinating playoff matchup if it happens. Yeah, I do too. And, I, you know, the, the stylistically, the thing that I noticed between the two teams is that Arizona. Taylor Hall was really the only player that really stood out on the ice for he me did. last night. And he, he stood out big. And he yeah. has not been playing great. No, he hasn't. But he like like last night, he was playing very, very well. He was all over the ice. Obviously, he was the right place, right time on his goal that he got uh, in behind Bishop. Um, but the rest of the team didn't look as fast as the Stars did, in my opinion. I saw yeah. like a lot of speed last night from Gurionov and, you know, obviously Rope Hintz. Like, all those guys, I felt like... Just as a overall, the team seemed a little bit faster than Arizona, um, which, you know, I, I think that if those two teams were to match up in the playoffs, like you said, right now the Coyotes are the second wild card, yep. and your Dallas Stars are tied for first place with the Blues coming in town on Friday. It's a possible. battle for first place. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely, de- definitely, definitely possible uh, from the from the Yotes perspective. That's what I like to nickname them. The yeah, Yotes. the Yotes. The Yotes, like the Arizona that. Yotes. Uh, I thought Goligoski, former star, played really well. Yep, still blocked by yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We talked about that last week. Eats up a lot of minutes for them. Yeah. Um, Phil Kessel's fascinating. 
Like that's a guy that just has not found that's, his way yeah. in Arizona. It's weird. Um, last night I was debating how much would Taylor Hall make in the free agent market. I still think he's a nine to ten million dollar player. Mm-hmm. Now whether someone pays him or not, but I think in an offensive system. I mean, just a few years ago he was the league MVP. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the guy can play. You know, it's just that that talk it system clogs. And, you know, it's basically go on offense when there's a mistake made or a power play. Otherwise, keep your defensive assignments. It's very much a Dallas Stars system. Yeah, it's it's all based around the counterattack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, overall, I I thought the Stars played a great game. I I thought the Coyotes could have easily won that game if it wasn't for Ben Bishop. I -hmm. thought he made some real key saves. I thought the two that he let in. Um, he was heavily screened. I don't think many goalies would have stopped that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Radic Foxa showed up nice last night. That Man, backhand, that backhand, was boy, that was pretty. a pretty backhand. Wow! And you know, backhands are so tough for goalies to look at because you don't know what part of the stick it's coming off of right. or the blade. Yeah. So uh, and to put it far shelf, mm-hmm. that's a tough shot. And that was a nice play, a uh, nice pass from Corey Perry as well to get it to Radic Foxa. Corey Perry had himself a really nice game. Yeah, yesterday. Corey Corey Perry's playing well. He's he's put together a string now of you know. I can't remember the last time I saw him and, and I felt like he wasn't playing well. You know, it's been a while and I feel like, you know, you you see him being rewarded. He's on that top line. Yeah. And uh, it's really, really good to see. Um, I, I really like what the Dallas Stars have done in terms of spreading everything out on all four lines. So you got four lines that are rotating with, you know, one of Radulov, Sagan, Perry, Gurionov, Rope Hans, like... It's and that's the genius of of splitting up the Ben the Ben Sagan Radulov line. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, like I think it I think it opens up other opportunities too because, um, you know, those guys are getting up there in age. They're still not old, but they're getting up there in age. Radulov right. specifically, you know, maybe lost a step or two. Mm-hmm. So you know, Alexander Radulov can be a premier second or third line player, and he could certainly play and be effective on that first line. Um, have to understand the NHL today for most teams. They're four-line teams. They don't expect, you know, you're going to have your defensive lines, but at the same time, you know, you still want those third and fourth lines to uh, cause defensive havoc and score goals. Right. So it's a different kind of league now. Yeah. You know, uh, your fourth line can provide a lot of energy. Your fourth line can score. Your fourth line can shut another team down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I keep using... Um, this this factoid when we went into the Stanley Cup last year, St. Louis versus Boston, one of the key storylines is which back end, third or fourth line, will be more dominant in this series. They yeah. weren't talking about the first or second line. They were talking about that third and fourth line, which featured guys like Patrick Maroon, who scored yeah. the game winner. Yeah. No, and then uh, also something I want to get into here is the, the play of Joe Pavelski. You know, he's really starting to show up. He's really starting to... It looks like he's finally starting to fit in and kind of mesh with the team. I, I don't know what exactly I can put my finger on in terms of his game that has, has changed. Maybe it's just the puck's just starting to go in for him now. Yeah, you know? I, de- I definitely think there's probably more comfort, mm-hmm. um, which is good. I think the line changes certainly helped him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think playing with some younger guys uh, put him in right spots. And, you know, sometimes it's assignments too, like, where does he feel comfortable? And I uh, saw a great video yesterday of him just, you know, doing the tip drill, just mm-hmm. staying out there and tipping pucks. He's not a big guy, no. but at the same time, you that, know, he, he causes some havoc in front of the net. Yeah, and he's super effective there. When Very he was, effective. When he was with the Sharks, I mean, that I mean, it was so dangerous with him, like right in front of the net. And, you know, if he can really start to establish that here in Dallas, um, that's going to be – a nice weapon, especially come you know playoff time. Yeah, and and you you bring up like last night Jamie Alexiak with the game winning goal. Yeah, you know Stephen Johns has been has been drilling shots in from the point with that big slap shot that he's got. So yeah, Jamie Alexiak was a guy that you were looking at as a sixth or seventh defenseman, mm-hmm. and will he play on a regular basis? Now you're looking at Jamie Alexiak as top four or fifth defenseman, yeah. a valuable cog. I mean, yeah, he does does a lot. He's just become so solid on the blue line. I'd love to see that shot more. Yeah, I, I think too. him and Johns have very accurate 
slap shots. What I loved about that Alexiak, and this shows the maturity, is that small little pump mm-hmm. that he did was to slow down the speed because he knew that window was open toward the side. Yeah. On that near post, and he nailed that near post. It really was a beautiful shot. And, and you know, we were just talking about, you know, you know the, the if you're on the fourth line, that's not to say you're on the worst line. If you're the fifth defenseman in this system and on this team, like you, Jamie Alexiak, like you just said, was the fifth defenseman. And we've talked about him as all year as being one of the, you know, stars to step up the most from really the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's on a team-friendly contract. Um, they have him under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a it's a really I mean that is a that is a to have a guy that makes that much money uh, as a top six defenseman. You know those are what you know when you put great teams together, you need guys like Alexiak willing to drop the gloves, but just also the spacing based on his size, uh, how he can clog things up, how he can stop you. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with his defensive game, and I think this goes back when we look at Gurianov, when we look at Alexiak. These guys are playing night after night. And I think that's really important. It's one thing to sit a guy like Roman Polak, mm-hmm. um, who's had years of of experience. But when you have younger guys like Alexiak or Hints or Dickinson, and you don't know if, when you're coming to the rink if you're playing or not. Mm-hmm. You go on that ice, let's say you're playing, and you make a mistake like Gurianov did earlier in the year in Buffalo. And, and then, Robertson just did. Yeah. In Ottawa. Gone. And you're gone. You know, he, he I think it was like it was the beginning of the third period. He... he had a bad turnover, which led to the goal, and he didn't play the rest of the game. Yeah, and I, I think that personally, I think that slows down their development. Uh, whereas, yeah. like, you don't give them a chance. You don't give them a chance to get out there and redeem themselves. Like you're ending their night making a mistake, where all they're doing is sitting there and dwelling on that mistake. Right. Gurionov made a really bad pass um, that easily could have led to a Coyotes game if uh, a goal if it wasn't for Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. Bishop made yeah. two outstanding saves. So what would happen in the past? Gurionov would sit for a while or would be benched. Right. Fast forward to later in the game when he's still out there and knowing that he made the mistake, but you know, knowing that he's going to go back out the next shift. Yeah. He did. He was the second person on the assist, so he did get an assist. But if you notice, the puck was going one way and he reversed the puck. Yeah. And that is very tough to cover when you have great puck movement mm-hmm. and it resulted in a goal. So, I mean, I think you look at that development of Dennis Gurionov, he'll obviously know that that mistake can't happen because that's right. going to lead to goals. But what he did later in the game helped them win. Yeah, and I think that that's a case of, you know, earlier in the year he was getting benched for those types of yep. mistakes. It's like... Once these, and I don't know if this is coming from, if this is a, you know, belief coming from management or what, but it seems like they've got this kind of belief in, hey, once you kind of rack up some games under your belt and you're, you know, if you're in your first game or your your fifth game and you make a big mistake, you're going to sit down and you're not playing anymore. Yeah. I think but now that Gurionov's got, you know, a bunch of games under his belt, right. now they're giving him that that freedom and kind of the ability to come back and redeem himself and show that he learned from his mistake. I think it's definitely a combo of mistakes, so therefore you're not playing, but we also have to realize they are limited in who they can send down. Yeah. So... They don't yeah. have many players that have options to be sent down to Texas. Therefore, you know, when Radulov comes back, you have to send somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's good to get Jason Robertson some ice time back down in Texas. Yeah. Um, I fully expect Jason Robertson to be a part of this makeup next year. I really do. And maybe he'll come back for the playoffs. Um, I, I just felt as though when he came up, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking when I think of a prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great puck skills, knows where to be. Yeah, he's young, but you can just see that he's going to be a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Now we can quickly, I mean, this, the Senators game for me, you know, we talked about that last week about, hey, that's not an easy game for the Dallas Stars. No, it's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup. And it's like Rick Bonus said after the game, they're, they just look tired out there. Yeah. And so the fact that they were even able to get one point of that was a miracle. And then you've got the Canadians game before that. I mean, a really, really strong uh, Canadian road trip for the Stars. Um, they, they've been on just such a tear. Yeah. 
since Rick Bonus took over. Yeah. I they, mean, they really have. I mean, five out of six on the New York trip, which is not an easy trip, and then five out of six on the Canadian swing. The most recent swing, you got think of it from um, let's let's compare it to other sports. So you start the road trip playing against the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. on national TV in Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're in Toronto, where about five or six guys hail from. So you got family in the audience, and guys like Jason Dickinson, Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're playing against Jason Spezza, you right, know, so right. situations like that. So it's a big game. So there's a lot of emotion and emotion can tire you out. Then you're in, uh, Montreal on Saturday night and you're playing, you're one of the featured games on hockey night in Canada. Yeah. So that is the equivalent of Sunday night football or right, you right. name it, the biggest stage. And yeah, oh yeah, you're playing the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. So, and then you take that game and you come back from a three to nothing deficit. Uh, the fact that you got one point out of it, you know, is yeah. good, but you ended up, you know, taking two points. But then you go to Ottawa the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're exhausted. Yeah. You're, you're toast. Yeah. You know, emotionally, and they still physically, got a point. And they still got a point. Got and a that's point. what it matters. I think, I think sometimes it's like, oh, but you know, I mean, heck, if you got a point in every game, that's 82 and you're doing quite well. So, I mean, you know, getting a point on jo- the road is yeah. good. And Joe Pavelski with the, you know, the, the tying goal there with about, I think it was like four or five yeah. minutes left in the game. Yeah, I know? love the emotion he showed too. Yeah, and there was, you know, right before that, they had had a stretch of like maybe two or three minutes where it, they did everything but score. Tyler Sagan hit a post. You know, I think Klingberg hit a post too. Like, they were... All over the net. It just felt like one of those games like they're just not going to... The puck luck isn't going to allow them yeah. to tie this game And up. you started to see it in Montreal with their first goals and then in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And you could. this is where you could tell you have tired legs. Missed assignments by the forwards on the back checks, which led to easy goals from rebounds. Mm-hmm. In other words, Bishop or Hudobin kicks it out. You can't control every single rebound. Right. And it just sits there and there is a Montreal or Ottawa forward that can easily tap it in. You know, yeah. if that forward if that forward is back checking properly, that does not happen. We did not see it uh primarily last night, although the goal that I thought Taylor Hall scored is second, but the goal that slipped through Taylor Hall would have been there regardless mm-hmm. to tap it in. So. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen, and you're going to miss assignments. I just felt as though that was one of the things on the road trip. I'm like, ooh, they're getting a little sloppy around their own net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I mean, it may be the, you know, the the Canadian road trip, you know, like it's, and it just happens, you know, like they, it's hard to put together. It's obviously hard to put together, like, the quality hockey that they've been playing for as long as they have and yeah. not have those types of mistakes. But you see games like last night, I thought defensively they were outstanding. Defensively they were and, outstanding. And, you know, there's a couple plays where Taylor Hall was able to kind of maneuver his way around, but that's what Taylor Hall does. He's yeah. a special talent. That is, yeah. that's, you know, that's a really, really talented guy who can do whatever he wants on the ice. It's like trying to stop Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. You know, it's like he can stop on a dime. He'll, he'll you know, he'll he'll zig when you zag, and all of a sudden he's got himself like a wide open shot. And there you, know, was, you just got to give him credit. Yeah, there was there was one play toward the end of the game. I think um, Arizona had emptied their net, and there was just over a minute to play, and it was up against the boards. And Andrew Cogliano did such a vet move where, you know, he didn't want to commit a penalty, but he just manipulated his body enough to to move the Arizona player off and clear the zone. Mm-hmm. And I just said to myself, that's what makes Andrew Cogliano so valuable. You know, with a minute left in the game, that's the guy that's on the ice. That's just a savvy play. It's savvy. He's smart. He does everything right. Mm-hmm. He hustles. You know, he's just one of those glue guys that you have to have on your team. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, looking back, that's a terrific trade. Him for Devin Shore. Yeah. I, you know, I'd love to keep Cogliano around, you know, for a few more years just because he's one of, and hopefully he wants to stay here. Yeah. But, you know, there's a market for guys like Cogliano and Blake Como because yeah. they're so good at killing penalties. Right. Now let's uh, kind of talk about Jamie Benn and, you know, his, his boarding you know, penalty five minute major out of the game uh, announced today that he will not face any further discipline, which I was certainly shocked by. I was too. I, I thought he was going to be gone for at least two games. Yeah. And I mean, 
I saw um, kind of the expo- explanation was that Ekman Larson was kind of off balance, I guess, which yeah. is what led the NHL to not punish Jamie Benn as much, which maybe makes me think that even the five-minute major may have been, you know, overboard in terms of, you know, the call that they gave him last night. And maybe, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Joe Pavelski injury against the Vegas Golden Knights where in the moment it looks much worse than it was when you break it down and check out the replay. So these two have a history. Uh, yes. In that uh, Ekman Larson laid a good check in Arizona earlier in the year in Ben, and he said after the game he knew Ben was coming for him after that. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to last night's game. This is why I thought it would be two games. Ben's head was up. To me, he had time to pull up when he cross-checked in the back. Mm-hmm. I looked as though there was full extension. Uh, you know, didn't hold back there, and obviously the head injuries. I then went to a, a great Twitter account, which I would suggest everyone follow, and that's NHL Player Safety. Mm-hmm. Because they actually put together videos, slow-mo replays, and they'll explain why there is a suspension. So I did some research, and back in November, uh, uh, Kerfoot from Toronto. It wasn't similar, but it was similar in that it was a major boarding penalty in which um, he took his stick, cross-checked on the numbers, Eric Johnson from Colorado. Johnson went hard into the boards. There was much more space on the ice and the boards. Johnson went hard in. Kerfoot tried to hold him up. Actually tried to hold him up and was over him. Like he knew what he did was wrong. He got two games and he had no priors. So because of that and because of the crackdown on the head injuries and because of the slight history they had, I thought a two-game suspension would happen. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised there's not a maximum fine. Maybe they'll come out with one uh, for Jamie Benn. But if it says no further penalties... Then yeah, I believe they, they clarified there wouldn't be no fine as yeah, well. So. I, I'm really surprised because I watched that video and I, I I thought it was a suspendable hit. I'm glad it's not. Yeah, I was about to say, I'll take it. <laughs> but here's the question. The next time these two teams play is March 16th in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Will the players police themselves on the ice now that nothing has happened? Mm-hmm. Because this went viral and Oliver Ekman Larson's your captain. He's the heartbeat of the Arizona franchise. He's the guy that has decided, I'm staying in Arizona. This is the place I want to be. Do his players, yeah, do his, please. He's the Shane Doan part 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Do the players rally, and is there somebody that wants to drop mitts with Jamie Benn? And maybe Larson does, captain on captain, to show his guys, I'm not going to put up with this. So, March 16th, get your popcorn ready. I, I can't wait. <laughs> Something going to happen in that game because a lot of times, you know, and let's point out Ekman, Larson, Ekman Larson's came back in the third period. If Ekman Larson didn't come back in that third period, maybe we would have a different story mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So it's kind of fascinating, and I'm surprised NHL, kudos to them. Um, I would love, even on non-suspendable, I would love for them to explain why there was – no suspension or no fine, because I thought there was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like we said, it's. I'm not going to complain about no, <laughs> not because especially a, with St. Louis we got coming a big on matchup on Friday. Yeah, it's huge. And Jamie Ben loves to play the Blues. Yeah, absolutely. Loves to play the Blues. So certainly looking forward to that matchup here coming up on Friday. Um, now I want to throw it over to you here, Gavin. You know, there's been a lot of NHL trades lately that yeah. have been kind of shaking up. You know, the NHL, we're starting to see teams gear up for the playoff run and the postseason. And you had a really good idea of taking those trades and basically converting them and showing Stars fans what that trade would have looked like if the Dallas Stars would have pulled that trade off instead. So I got the idea on Saturday night when Blake Coleman was traded. We've talked on the Sweaters Forever podcast how we wanted <laughs> How Blake sad Coleman. were you? I was really sad. I, know. I was so sad I didn't tweet about it. I was I, I tweeted about it for you. Yeah, I know you did. I, tagged I know you said, did. hey man, I'm sorry for your I loss. I know, I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. 
Uh, it would have been amazing to see Plano Zone come home. Yeah. You know, grew up in the Stars system and the Stars development system. Uh, that said, I hap- I'm happy he's going to a cup contender in Tampa. Golly. Hopefully, you know, he faces Dallas in the Stanley Cup Finals. That'd be awesome. So that kind of spurned the idea because I saw some Twitter reaction mm-hmm. to that and other trades like, you know, why can't the Stars get this guy? So I said to myself, interesting. Let's look at what the teams came back with in the trade to that team. In other words, what did Tampa Bay give up Mm -hmm. to acquire Blake Coleman, a guy that's not making a lot of money and has a year left on his contract, and put that in a star's perspective, and I ask, would you still do that trade? Let's start with Blake Coleman. All right. So Blake Coleman, from a star's perspective— would cost you your first-round pick this year. Reminder, you don't have a second-round pick and you don't have a third-round pick. So your first-round pick Mm -hmm. this year and Thomas Thomas Harley, your number one prospect, who a lot of people think could be up as early as next year on the blue line, Mm. or Jason Robertson. So a first-round pick or one of those guys. I don't think I would do it. I don't think I would either. I, I think, like, especially not having the second and the third round pick, that just amplifies the value of that first round pick Yeah, coming up, you know? Yeah. Even if the Stars go and win the Stanley Cup, I think they need that first round pick no matter what, pretty much. Like, I don't, I just don't like the idea of them losing that. And then I also don't like the idea of giving up another top prospect in addition to that draft capital. So, yeah. And, you know, Blake Coleman's having a hell of a year. He's had a great season, you know. Um, it's not anything against him, but it just seems this, the, the the prices for all these trades this year just seem so inflated. Very high. They're inflated. It's very expensive to go get somebody right now. Yeah, it's very expensive, and I wouldn't have done that trade. As much as I love Blake Coleman, I wouldn't have done that trade as well. Yeah. Tampa overpaid. Because they're going for it. Yeah. They know what happened last year, and they're saying, we're not messing around. This is that power forward that Tampa is coveting. And you notice Tampa in the offseason picking up Patrick Maroon on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Tampa is also getting tougher for the playoffs. Yeah. So from my perspective, I'm not doing that. And see how it changes? Like, I wanted Blake Coleman. I want to, but yeah. I'm, I'm not paying that for Blake yeah. Coleman. Nope. So let's move on to Tyler Toffoli, who was traded. Another forward mm-hmm. that a lot of people said, you know, would the Stars, you know, want a Tyler Toffoli to boost their scoring chances? So he was traded to Vancouver. From a Stars perspective, in my opinion, the equal to the trade would have been Matthias Janmark. Okay. And either Jason Robinson, Jake Ettinger, or your fourth prospect in the system, a defenseman named Alvin Erickson, um, who's a big defenseman. So also Vancouver gave up a second or third round pick, which you don't have. Right. So was that made up with like sending the two players over? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that is that equal to you in terms of the value? Like Yanmark yeah. or one of those people or one of those prospects. So I'm sorry. no, it would be Matthias Yanmark and one of those prospects and a second, third round pick and a conditional fourth if Toffoli resigns. Gotcha. Gotcha. So like uh, the next year then, 2020. I am completely okay with giving up Yanmark. If yeah, I'm the LA Kings, I think they go after Ettinger mm-hmm. as the Stars prospect for the reason that they just lost Jack Campbell in their system. And so, Jonathan Quick. You yeah, know. they need a goalie for the future. Yeah. So if I'm the LA Kings, I'm looking at Jake Ettinger as a prospect. Yeah. Mm. So for me, once again, I don't to make... Colton point, because I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I know. I don't make that trade. I wouldn't. Not yeah. for what Vancouver, but Vancouver has injuries in the forward position, so they had to make this deal. Yeah. Because they think that they're a serious playoff contender. Yeah, I would not do that. Okay. Let's move on to trade number three. Jason Zucker. Your first round pick. And the reason Zucker is valuable is because he has multiple years remaining on his contract. So he'll be in Pittsburgh for a few years to come. Yeah. Your first round pick. 
Thomas Harley once again. Mm. Or if you want to change it up, Todd Ty Delandria, one of your other top prospects. And since Pittsburgh gave up Galchenyuk, probably another mid-level prospect like Les Brons or maybe even a Yanmark, a player mm. that's ready now. I still don't think I would do it. Yeah. I mean, and these, I'm not blowing this out of proportion. These are legit comparisons based on points, based on prospect ratings within their system. So I did the research. I looked at Pittsburgh's ranking system. I looked at, you know, uh, Minnesota's ranking system. Every team involved, I looked at their ranking system. You know, same thing with Tampa. So the prospect that Tampa gave up, along with that first round pick, is one or two in the Tampa system. A system that is known for producing players. Yeah. Same thing with Pittsburgh. A system that is known as producing top-level players. So these are legit, to me, comparisons, and I'm 0 for 3 on these trades. Yeah, I wouldn't do any of those. And because, you know, I think the Dallas Stars are kind of developing into a team that's doing a good job of developing these guys. Yeah. You know, it's taking some of them a little bit longer and things like that, but... I mean, even Robertson when he came up and filled in, he he looked like he filled in nicely. You yeah, know? he did. You didn't have you didn't you wouldn't ask too much from him, but yeah. when he was out there, you know, it wasn't a liability or anything. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, your trade deadline deal is Stephen Johns. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. guy you have to think of that you picked up at the trade deadline. Yeah, because the other idea would be that if the Dallas Stars wanted a deal from a position of strength, which is their defense. Yeah. I mean, you can make that risk and we just discussed, you know, some of the some of the prices for or we've 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 seen the price for, you know, a lot of a lot of these defensemen, but I think that the way the Dallas Stars play, they need all those defensemen. They do. And if I'm a team, I'm going after Alexiak. If I'm a team, I'm going That'd after. Be tough. I don't know if I'd go after Johns because of his injury history. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go after. Now, I would maybe it, do it just because it'd be like a kind of buy low, you know, like right. Now, I me mean, people could say, well, all right, give up Roman Pola, give up Sekera, and it's like, okay, understand that's like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get much. You're but... not getting the pieces you need. You just get draft picks. Um, so, I mean, if you want to give up Taylor for Dune. Okay, you're getting a fourth or fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy had to go down to the AHL on a conditioning assignment to get some playing time. I'm pro Taylor Fadoon. Yeah, me too. I just think there's a deluge right now in the defensive course for the Stars, which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So not bad, eh? That was awesome. Mike. Yeah, that was, fun, was that was really really, I really cool. enjoyed. I, I enjoyed doing it and looking at the perspective as far as the prospect rankings um on various sites and uh, nhl.com does a real good job on mm-hmm. on prospect rankings and just to let stars fans know you know the majority of sites um think Thomas Harley is going to be a real good one yeah well that transitions nicely here to the to the Dallas Stars mailbag we got a few questions from some sweaters forever fans out there all right so i'm going to start with my guy fink at laces out Finkel. Yeah. He said, do you see Dallas offering another contract to Pollock or Sekera next season? If not, what are the chances Thomas Harley bypasses the AHL for the NHL in the 2021 season? I mean, I think they're going to bring him into camp and see what he has and see you know, if he's made the development and if he can score, great. Uh, I don't think they bring back... Polak or Sekera. Yeah, I think they were just kind of like stop gaps. I think maybe. I think they're more likely to bring back Polak than Sekera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's because he's a good room guy. Very good room guy. But then I say to myself, what's the future for like a Dylan Hetherington? You know, a guy that's been sitting down in the NHL for years. Just waiting to be that type of defenseman. So, I mean, can't he be that type of defenseman? I mean, for cheap, we, we really have to make decisions based on cap. Because your top guys are getting top dollar now, so you have to find other ways to free up cap space. And while it may be small, if you lose Sekera, who has proven now that he's once again an NHL defenseman, so he was injury-plagued in Edmonton, so he'll get a look. is going to get a yeah. look. 
And uh, whether Polak wants to remain or not, I mean, you know, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. you're you're looking at close to two million dollars. Yeah. And can I get someone for you know? Can I save a million million five? Mm-hmm. And, and I I think you can. But they'll definitely look at Harley. There there's no doubt about that. Now, you know, we we do do need to continue to look at the long term health of Johns. So yeah. right now he looks great. Um, skating well, love his slap shot, doing all the things right. I mean, he really looks like he hasn't missed any time. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. It's, it's really, really impressive. Yeah. It's really impressive. All right, now we're going to go to David Wood at DC Wood 29 And this is another Tolo that I saw last yeah, night. Yeah, man, he wears that black cowboy hat and looks nice. Yeah, so he was one row behind me in like six seats over. So like, I sit down and all of a sudden I just hear, Shippy! I'm like, what? <laughs> I turn and there's there's my guy David Wood hanging out over there, and he reminded me that uh, when we were having different fans and stuff come up here just to talk hockey and yeah. things like that, um, that he was one of the guys that came up here and we had a nice you know long talk, and he was kind of like, well, can I get can I get back in the studio? Yeah, you know? you know we need to do that. We need to do some guest spots. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's something that we can do. I think we did that last time in like the off season. Yeah. You know, after the season was over. So maybe we can get that going. So David says, should Arizona and we kinda addressed this earlier earlier, should Arizona look at itself for no one even considering going after Jamie Ben after the hit on their captain? Uh I thought about it at the moment. It was weird, like So it's kinda tough because you have a player down. And right. And you don't want anybody. You don't want anything to happen and spill over onto the player. Jamie Benn was pretty good about backing off, too, to his credit. And one yeah. of the linesmen was kind of pushing him away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I did find it interesting, though. I mean, you got to have at least a couple of guys skate his way. You know, but, at least get in his face. You know, like yeah. jaw at him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. All right, we're going to go next to this guy named Sterling, at my name Sterling. You can hear him on uh, weekends here. On nice. Hey, Sterling. He says, long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, interesting. Are there any potential moves the Stars can make at the deadline to improve the offense, or should they just roll into the playoffs with what they have? And he's got a follow-up question. If they don't make any moves, will that come back to bite them in the playoffs? No, I, I think... <laughs> I am pro move guy, yeah, and I am actually saying don't make moves. And I agree because of the inflation that we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah, and because this team is playing lights out. Yeah, like they have like right now it's like you know and I've been I've thought this before where it's like hey the team's playing well just don't mess with the chemistry. But sometimes the, even if you're playing well, those guys will look at an addition and go wow our our, our GM really believes in us. Like yeah, so I think one of the things is is like. Okay, I don't need help on defense. Right. Maybe I need help from a fourth line perspective, and how much am I going to give up? Right. And, and who sits? And that would be, and and the way that their lines are rotating and rolling right now. I mean, barring injury, I feel really, really good about it right now. Yeah. Like just looking over their lines, I'm like, dang, like this is a balanced, balanced team, and you're starting to see in these last few games. I mean, they're putting up three, four, four, three, four, three, three, you know, three. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. The Dallas Stars, if they score three to four goals every game, I feel really, really good about their chances. Yeah, especially since their two best players have been their goaltenders. Absolutely. So, you know, you look at um, how Hudobin has played, and, and then you look at Big Ben Bishop. Yeah, um, I mean, I just, I just think you know, once you get into the playoffs, they're going to ride Bishop. Yeah, and I mean, last night he was seeing the puck really, really well, and he makes those saves that like don't look flashy, right? But you know, any other goalie they would be flashy. I was watching Udoka. He's just the other huge. Night. Yeah, God, I was watching him. And, and they, I'm like, they are polar opposites in yeah, that sense. I'm like he's like, all over oh. the place. Like I'm like, you make those saves look so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's good. That's his style. It's very like hey, whatever you know, works. I, 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 we, we kind of laughed in our section because I'm like, man, as like, he reminds me of Tim Thomas, the former Bruins yeah. Stanley Cup goaltender, yeah. who would just throw himself around the ice in a controlled way and make these unreal saves. And that's what Hudobin does. But make no mistake about it. To me, it's like Ben Bishop showed you once again last night. Mm-hmm. While he's the guy now. 
something happens to Ben Bishop, absolutely. Doby in, and I think you're fine. And, and like, you know, this isn't part of the mailbag, but this is something that I've gotten, you know, on uh, the fan text during shows and stuff. People saying, hey, like, he played, Hudobin played amazing last night. Like, he's been on a tear. He's been playing so well. At what point do you consider, you know, maybe starting him over Ben Bishop? And it's like, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. No, I mean, Bishop's same save percentage is high. His goals against, I didn't check it today, but I'm guessing it's about 2.30, 2.32. That's really good for a goalie that plays as much as he does. Um, remember, he's your seventh defenseman on the ice. I mean, yeah. you saw some of the passes he made last night. And that's one thing that ice. he is way better than he yeah. could open at. Yeah. You know? He controls the puck much better. And, he, and he's a veteran that has played in a Stanley Cup that's played deep into the playoffs. And, I mean, you know, Ben Bishop has been an amazing acquisition for the Stars. It's almost like we're used to him. Like, we forgot about the goaltending woes of the past. Right. And we have a guy, like I was looking at the NHL fantasy rankings today, they have him third best goalie in the league for fantasy purposes. It's amazing how quickly they solved all that. Yeah. They went from the most disastrous tandem in the league to the best tandem in the league. And don't forget, Stars fans, this is a person that wanted to be in Dallas. Yeah. Like, I don't discount that. I love that. I love that he went to high school here. I love that he played for the Texas Tornado. And Ben Bishop had options. He was about to become a free agent, and he actually wanted the Stars to make a trade for him because this is where he wanted to be. And the contract that he signed, if played right, is so cap-friendly. Yeah. You know, I mean, you look at what goaltenders are getting nowadays. I mean, goal, some a lot of goaltenders are in the $8, $10 million range, mm-hmm. not Ben Bishop. So, it, you know, it, it's impressive. So he right now has a 2.37 goals okay. against average. Yeah. So went down a little bit last night. Mm-hmm. I thought he played really well. Uh, I thought the goals against him were heavy screens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just think he's playing really well right now. Both goaltenders are playing great. All right, uh, you want to go ahead and move on to the Hockey Hawks yeah. Top 5 NHL Power Rankings? Let's do this, man. All right. We so got a good one this week, Shippy. I'm excited. I've got, once again, I've got ESPN's... Uh, uh, power rankings here yep. because they just released this about three hours ago. Okay, so I wanted to find you know the Sporting News had one out that was like yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. I wanted to find the most updated one. Yahoo had one that they did yesterday as well. Okay, I released mine forty five minutes ago. Oh, so we already have the most updated <laughs> one and the undisputed best one. Like, it's not even a challenge. So uh, actually, and two, remember last week we did the uh, they had the worst trades on each on each team. Yeah, this year or this year, this week they put each team's best, most captivating U.S. born player from each team. Oh, and you're gonna like who they have at number one here. <laughs> I'm gonna let you go first with okay. your number one. Number one player or number one on my ranking? I was gonna say on number one on your ranking. And then on my team ranking, yes, I'm number one on my team rankings, Tampa Bay Lightning, and so that's who they have. Okay, so who do you think the most captivating USA born players? Okay, so just any USA player uh, on 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 Tampa that played on Tampa, or yeah, wow, boy, that's a yeah, that's on Tampa. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you love this guy. I love this guy. Yeah. Man. He just made you sad very recently. He made me sad very recently. Yeah. I, I want to say Jeff Halpern, but it's not Jeff Halpern because he wasn't, he didn't play well for Tampa. Current team, I think it's on the team right now, Blake Coleman. Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. On the team right now. Yeah. Yes, Blake Coleman. Now, as yeah. I look down the list, that does appear to be what they're doing because they don't have Mike Madonna for the Dallas Stars. Okay, okay, all right. Makes That's sense. That's how now, I figured now out. Now I'm like, with you. Now I'm with now you. We, now we got My it. guy. My <laughs> guy, Blake Coleman. Yeah, so yeah. we got Tampa Bay at number one, both ESPN and the Hockey Hawk. So, yeah, it's not even fair that they got Blake Coleman. They're on a tear. It's so interesting that the one loss they have is against the Dallas Stars. And they, I mean, not to use, you know, they've just been, you know, lightning. They've yeah. been amazing. Lights out. They have, they have, it's hard to believe, but they have surpassed last year's performance. Yeah. All right, number two on the Hockey Hawks, top five NHL power rankings. 
I have the Boston Bruins. That is who ESPN Because has. they're neck and neck with the Lightning, and that's a great fight in the Atlantic Division. Um, if you don't mind, go to my Twitter account, at GJ Spittle. Great moment last uh, or recently with um, Louis DeBrusque um, uh, for a hockey night in Canada interviewing his son, Jake DeBrusque, saw before that. the game. I saw that. And it was great. And Jake was making fun of his hair for the flow. <laughs> just, a, just a great father-son yeah, moment. That's awesome. Uh, so I have the Boston Bruins. They're dominant at home. I thought Zdeno Chara got lucky. Uh, the NHL... Gave him the maximum fine of $5,000 for a serious cross-check at the throat of Brendan Gallagher uh, of Montreal. Uh, Could have been a suspension. Um, Charles, a class act, called Gallagher and apologized. Yeah. So, uh, Boston Bruins, uh, boy, David Pasternak. Wow. He is just a special player. It's crazy. Yeah, every every single time you watch highlights, it's like game winning goal, David Pasternak. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you had him. Who do you have at number three here? Should I guess? Uh, oh yeah, you want to guess? That's the, a tough one. Yeah, for top Bruin, on the current team. On the current team, you just mentioned his running mate. So if I just mentioned Pasternak. Oh, right before that. Oh. Uh, With the cross DeBrusque? check. Oh, Brendan Gallagher? Uh, no, so Charlie <laughs> McAvoy <laughs> oh. with Zdeno Chara. Oh, man. So that's their... You know, it's tough because I, I need, like, I wish I could look at the... You it's know, really hard needs, to just... It's really like, hard because I was like, is Tori Krug from... And I'm like, I'm like sitting here and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I'm looking at this and I would not have guessed Charlie McAvoy. You know, I'm like... Yeah. I would have just gone blank and... I wouldn't. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't even be able to put a That's guess. That's a good out one, there. though. That's a good one. All right. So who do you have at number three? Uh, number three, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins. ESPN is just copying you every week. Oh man, they really are. <laughs> they have Pittsburgh I, as number three. As I well. think I might. I think I might change it up at four or five. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, nice pickup with uh, Zucker. Uh, they've won three straight, seven, two, and one in their last ten. A name to remember for the future: Tristan Jerry. Vesna-like numbers. He hasn't played more than 30 games, so I don't think he'll be in the Vesna category toward the end of the year. But interesting, they have a decision to make, Jim Rutherford and crew. You know, who gets the start as they make the playoff run? Is it is it Jerry? Um, you know, who who's going, you know, to get the number of starts? Because like I said, right now, Jerry's the backup. Uh, but, you know, Zucker adds depth to their team. Sidney Crosby, we know that. Malkin's ready to join the team again. A lot of good things happening in Pittsburgh. All right, so I got to go back here to the Lightning. They're, they have the best U.S. player is Ryan McDonough. That's what it was. They just highlighted Blake Coleman, another uh, okay. U.S. player. In the, it's just a whole USA theme, but I didn't see the bottom yeah, part. But all Ryan the other McDonough's ones, really good. All the other ones have been yeah. the right. And the I couldn't right think of, I couldn't team. think of the other goalie for Pittsburgh, Matt Murray. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So who do you think uh, the best U.S. player is for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins? Man, Chippy, this is a tough one. It like, really I, is because I mean, you know, I was going to tell you. I, I'm just thinking. All right, of of twenty five. Oh, you know, I can't think of his name, but. Uh, young forward. Am I right? I th- John Marino? No, I didn't have John Marino. That's who they got. And okay. see, it's confusing because they highlight Jason Zucker and then they put like Newport Beach, California. Yeah. At the, at like in the little paragraph. Right. And then under there is where they've got the best U.S. Player. Man, this is a tough game. It I, really I, I, is. I'm a failure at this no. game. I thought it was going to be all time. Yeah, and, that's what I thought it's too. Like, okay, so like Pittsburgh, I'm Joe Mullen. Right. Dallas, I'm Mike Madonna. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, from the past, I know I, I, I got to get my program and look where these guys are from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. All right. So who you have at number four? This I have week. the St. Louis Blues. Okay. And here's why I have the St. Louis Blues because for some reason they're a forgotten entity as a Stanley Cup contender when they actually hold the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Bo Meester's a loss for them, but uh, it was a real nice pickup this week. Kind of under the radar, they picked up Marco Scandella. Here's the thing. I mean, Doug Armstrong's kind of evolving this team, and they're actually getting smaller with Justin yeah. Falk and now Scandella on the back line. But those are veteran guys. 
So I, I like the makeup of the St. Louis teams. They have a, they, they have a good mixture of old and young. Uh, I think the coaching staff's real good. So, you know, until they prove otherwise, how is St. Louis not in your top five? Consistently, they've been good all year. Yeah, so ESPN has the Washington Capitals at number four. Yeah, I mean, the Caps were really good. I can't dispute that. That's a that's a tough one. I mean, I, I really want Ovechkin to get off, you know, score that 700. Just yeah. to get, you know, move on. Yeah. Just, yeah. It seems like it's kind of like Course. growing on him now. Yeah. Um, so they've got Washington Capitals' best U.S. player. He's having a hell of a season. We've talked about him from the very beginning of the year. Backstrom? No. Uh, 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 oh, my God. God, Carlson. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, you I got, got one. one. I got one. You got one. That's yes. honestly amazing. <laughs> honestly amazing. All right, who do you have at number uh, five here? Number five. Could it be? Could it, it be? Is it? Yes, it is. The, the Dallas, Dallas Stars. Stars. All right. So I put them at five because they're playing outstanding hockey. And yeah. I, you know, to me, it's like I'm trying to go the most current teams and tied with St. Louis and fighting for that Central Division lead. Um, they're exceeding my expectations, so why not be in the top five? Um, you know, as we've talked for the last hour, I just, I just, you know, why make a trade when you're hitting on all those cylinders? Yeah. So, huge game on Friday night against the Blues. Now, did ESPN do it? Did they put the Dallas Stars on number five? Man, I don't know. Did they? They did not. They put the St. Louis Blues at number yeah, five. Yeah, Washington, that makes sense. You know, I probably, that's a, that's, it might be a hockey hawk bad leaving the Washington Capitals. No, out, I love it, dude. I gotta I give I gotta give my stars some credit. I love it. We haven't had the stars in the top no. five at all this year. I know, I know. So it's nice that they cracked it finally. You okay, know? all right. So this one, best American player currently on the Dallas Stars. I'm running through all the lines. I'm wondering. Give me a second. I'm wondering if they're going to throw Stephen Johns on there. And I'm going through the lines, and I'm seeing Radulov, Ben, Sagan, no, Pavelski. Ooh, Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski, American-born, captain of former USA team, Joe Pavelski. They highlight Joe Pavelski here? No. They have Ben Bishop as the best U.S.-born player on the Dallas Stars. Ooh. You know, he's, he's one of only three Americans on the stars. Yeah. All right. So we got Pavelski, Ben, and Johns. Johns. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. America. Mer- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I can't argue with that, but I mean, how are you at one point the captain of USA hockey and you're not the best USA born player? Yeah. I am. I mean, you know, I mean, I listen. I'm cool with Ben Bishop. You know, he's been a star longer. I, I get it. I get it. What Can't uh, go wrong? What number do you think they had the stars at? Seven, six. Okay, so they had them just outside okay. of the top five. Yeah, I thought maybe they dangle Vancouver around. Do you want to guess the Blues' best uh, U.S. player? We never hit that one. You just mentioned him as uh, kind of bolstering part of the. Uh, Part of the blue line. They had Justin Falk as their best. Yeah. Team. So they got man from South St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, he's a good one. He is really. Good. I, he's a good player. I you know I looked at that trade and I was like, wow, he was kind of the fabric of Carolina. Yeah. So for them for them to make that trade was you know kind of fascinating. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they're uh they're going to be tough to beat. As Central Division is. So, it's crazy. Yeah, a couple quick highlights. So does Winnipeg flip Bufflin at the trade deadline? You know, Bufflin has said, you know, do I want to come back to Winnipeg? They're a small market team. Right. So they kind of need the cap space to make another deal. So that's something to watch out for as we make our way toward Monday. All right. Well, before we get out of here, do you have anything else hockey related that you would like to address, talk about, or uh that we need to let the fine folks that listen to the Sweaters Forever podcast know about. Nice weekend. We got two nice tilts. We got St. Louis tomorrow night, Friday night hockey at the AAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Sunday, Chicago Blackhawks. Always great to see an original six come to town. Yep. A division rival. So uh, that's good. Then the Stars go on the road again. Uh, and then in a couple of weeks, it's, uh, I believe, on a Tuesday night. Connor yeah. McDavid is likely back. So you're going to have McDavid, Dreisaitl, 
go get your tickets for Edmonton. You're about to see yeah. something special. So yeah. those are, once again, those under-the-radar games where you can get really good value as a Stars fan. I also want to point out, kudos to the fans at the AAC last night. I thought that barn was really loud. Yeah. Uh, it was good for a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, you know, if the Coyotes are in town, it's a weekday. You They'll really don't get there. that pop. You see some empty seats. Stars fans brought it last night. Kudos. Stick tap. Yep, and stick tap to everybody that listens to the Sweaters Forever podcast and also recommends it to a friend who likes hockey or recommends it to a friend who wants to get into hockey. Uh, spread the word. Rate us five stars. All that good sort of stuff. Um, you know, we we do this because we both love hockey. And yeah. uh, we just want to grow the we want to grow the great game. Our promise is more episodes. If, yeah, you know we see the analytics. We need more. Yeah, more people to download. More. You keep building it like you have been. We'll yeah. keep coming. Yeah, keep on uh, recommending it to us. Tag us in the tweets and stuff too. Yep. Let us know on Twitter. You know he's at GJ Spittle. I'm at Shippy Fun Sports. Tag us in the tweet. Be like, hey, I just recruited this person. You yeah, know, last love week, it. Last week we both had a story where two different people. Recommended uh, the Sweaters Forever podcast. Yeah, keep it growing. So keep it growing, and uh, we'll keep recording. So thank you guys for listening to the Sweaters Forever podcast. Remember, it's brought to you by Chalk Talk Casino and Resort. Welcome to Chalk Talk Casino and Resort. Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. Until next week on the Sweaters Forever podcast, we love you.